0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of I'm So Glad You Brought That Up. How are Hello. you today, Morgan?
1: Doing all right, hanging in there. Yep, happy trying summer. not to talk about the weather.
0: <laughs> no, because what is going on? What is going on, truly? I don't know if this is like an all across the United States thing right now, or just like specifically just the areas that Morgan and I are in, but the weather is, it's Insane. not summertime.
1: It's no, this is not summer weather. Unfortunately, not. Yeah, it's and- it's truly putting a damper on my mood.
0: And okay, good because it's because it, same. Because yeah. also same. Yeah, yeah.
1: Exactly. It's been rough.
0: It's been rough. Yeah, I've been inside doing absolutely nothing
1: today except binging Exo Kitty, which <laughs> I absolutely ate it up. But. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. I was pet sitting, which means I. Consumed more media in the few days that I was there than I usually do, oh, and I am yeah. binging Firefly Lane on Amazon. Slay, how is it? Okay, so like, it's not good. <laughs> okay, but I'm obsessed with it. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's like, it's, it's giving ever. Hallmark eating it up. The show, the plot lines are so convoluted, but you can't help but sit there and be like well duh yeah of course right (laughs) like of course this is happening like it's just I'm eating it up I'm almost done with season oh not like almost done I guess I'm halfway through season two which is the final season so there's only two seasons I don't know if it's the final season but it's what we have out right now yeah um and I just I've just been reminded of how much I dislike Katherine Heigl Oh, okay. Interesting hot take. Very interesting. I think it's because I've heard stories of her being difficult to work with. And so yeah. when I hear that celebrities are difficult, it makes me not like them. I know. Even I've if heard- they're super talented and like a powerhouse. Yeah.
0: And- yeah, I've heard a lot of the same stories about Katherine Heigl. I think they're very interesting considering a lot of them came from the set of Grey's Anatomy and from my point of view, I was an—we uh, were both avid Grey's Anatomy yes. watchers—and I think it kind of came from her just knowing what she wanted and knowing what to expect, and yeah, wanting to be treated the same as
1: her male co-stars, and that gave her the title of difficult. That's true. That's no. That's true. I guess I—I I don't know. Maybe just like some part of me, like some like the inner like. 10 year old has never been able to forget like that celebrity gossip you know
0: <laughs> did you see that her and ellen pompeo are doing the actors on actors no i did not oh, girl yeah yeah it's gonna be good it's gonna Stop be good it. they're oh. doing an hour you know the actors on actors conversation for yeah. variety her and oh ellen my gosh pompeo. i will
1: be snuggled up yeah. with yeah. a snack with a drink oh. yeah
0: we'll yeah. be watching we'll be feeling. absolutely absolutely yeah there's a lot of good pairings for the actors
1: on actors this year I'm very excited I too. don't know. I mean I feel like variety just like always really gets it yes they sometimes they'll put two people together where you're like huh like right. where did this come from A 100% but then it works so well or then they do people that like you're like well like duh like when they put Chris Evans and Scarlett Johansson together you were like duh of course you put them together because they're amazing but it still works like it's just yeah. still like yeah like
0: last year the one that they did with Joe Alwyn and Paul Mescal was I didn't watch that one but it was good. chef's kiss iconic like they knew what they were doing they knew what they were doing putting the Sally Rooney boyfriends together so of course absolutely well I think we should go ahead and get into our pop culture news today. Yes, and I want to start with this first thing. So go ahead.
1: It's just just something I learned it just now. I was listening (laughs) to a podcast and they were talking about Dakota Johnson, in which I just learned that her stepdad is Antonio Banderas and her grandmother is Tippi Hedren from The Birds. And I didn't know this. And I know the Nepo Babies episode was a little while ago, but I just we had to bring it back because I didn't know this.
0: I did know about the stepdad. I did know Antonio Banderas was her stepdad. I did not know about her grandmother. But I guess it kind of makes sense knowing who her
1: parents m- are. Yeah. 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 And they were saying on the podcast, they were like, she's like a race, like she's just like a well bred racehorse. Like she had no choice but to go into acting like with everyone that's in her family.
0: Absolutely. Well, then our next sad news is Tina Turner passed away from the last time that we recorded. I mean, she's an icon. She's, she's legend. Led <laughs> she is the moment or she was the moment. She still is. I, I mean, mean, it's yeah. weird. But yeah, definitely big news in the music hemisphere of everything that was. And
1: then the, I think it was the either the guitarist or the bassist for the Smiths died too. Oh, dang I can't it. remember. His, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. But wow. I, saw and I was like, oh, damn. Wow. Yeah. Going please. Who's number three going to be? God, I hope not anybody spectacular. <laughs> like, can we get someone really lame to die, or like yeah. someone?
0: Please keep Dolly Parton safe. That's all. Please,
1: I Dolly Parton needs to stay safe.
0: Reba. Uh, keep them Reba. Safe. Yeah. Keep them safe. safe. Yeah. We are avid watchers of the Timothy Chalamet, Kylie Jenner debacle. Um, we are so intrigued by what's going on there. And very, very blurry couldn't even basically make them out as humans if you wanted to pictures of them came out I guess in Cal- Kylie's backyard or wherever they were
1: yeah yeah, they, they looked like they were in someone's backyard and it looked like the photos were taken from inside the house like they looked like they were taken through a window so yeah is this Kris Jenner just doing the most like I wouldn't put it past her I no i wouldn't I either the past miss girl honestly i mean and honestly you... the most shocking thing out of these photos to me was kylie holding a pack of cigarettes like i'm not i don't <laughs> know why i'm so surprised that she smokes her entire life has been broadcast and we've never. We, we've never once yeah. seen anything an elf bar like nothing yeah. Like... Yeah, yeah, yeah no definitely
0: interesting coming from kylie too i don't know like i would expect it from maybe like kendall or some of her yeah, other, yeah, like figures. that model type. I don't know. Maybe maybe she's taking it up for Timothy. I don't know. I still don't fully understand what's going on between the two of them, and I don't think we ever will.
1: No, no, no. I don't think we will ever get the answers we so desperately crave. Yeah, yeah.
0: Just very, very interesting in that regard. So our next piece of news is that quite a few very critically acclaimed shows have ended
1: the past couple weeks specifically two of on them. hbo shows i was gonna say i'm send. sorry two of them max shows yes. which whatever <laughs> the fact that they just created an entirely new app yeah yeah like, like what are they doing
0: my family had to like make a new subscription to the service like they logged us out and made us like re-sign up that's so fucking as if, weird. As if it's not the same thing anyway that's so weird um both Barry and Succession on HBO I'm gonna call it HBO yeah on it does, HBO HBO. and very exciting news I've been talking about it for fucking forever I finally started
1: Succession and I hate to say it but I'm eating it up like I think is- I'm gonna have to start an HBO trial you just to. to watch it
0: You absolutely have to like this is one of the instances where the entire world is talking about something and you're almost like oh I don't want to start it because everybody else
1: loves it so much but it's that it's just no I've been wanting to watch it like this has not been one of the times where I'm like oh it's so overhyped I don't want to watch it like I desperately want to watch it hype
0: is there for a reason on this one it really (laughs) is I was like five minutes into the first episode and I was like oh shit like this is good like it's just good And you know it's good because I hate every single one of them. Like, (laughs) they they are terrible. Like, the characters are literally some of the worst people that I've ever watched on screen. But that is just a sign that the cast is, like, literally exquisite, magnificent, everything, throwing the Emmys at them already. Like, they're all so good. Our other, well, my, one of my other favorite shows, Ted Lasso, also ended this past week.
1: I heard that finale had people like, like in shambles. Yeah,
0: I was sobbing the whole time. I was sobbing the whole hour and
1: 15 minutes. Um, it was exquisite
0: television. Those writers are some of the best writers out there right now. Like fully 100%. So you were happy
1: with how it ended?
0: I was and I wasn't. But okay. I do have my own personal opinions about certain storylines. But overall, I think it ended properly. I just have my own bias of how I wish certain storylines ended. Gotcha. Yeah, I get that. That's just me. Well, we also have to talk about shiny happy people. Yeah, we do. We absolutely have to. We absolutely have to.
1: You start. That was insane. A lot of it, if you are someone who has followed the Duggars or just is interested in learning about like IBLP or just like Christian fundamentalism as a whole- a lot, I would say 75 to 80% of it is not going to be like new information to you, but hearing the perspectives of people who were in it and who have left, that's what made it so shocking. And then there's like that extra like 25 to 20% that's like, holy fucking shit. Like I had no idea that that's what was going on.
0: Yes. I a hundred percent agree. It. I, it took me, like, a while to finish it. Like, I know you you watched it all the I way. I finished there. it, yeah. I had to stop, like, each episode and, like, take a minute. Because I was like, I cannot believe this fucking shit is actually happening. I know. Like, that, like, actually happened to real people. Real and people. Was, like, like that was a cult like I don't care what anybody else says like that was a cult cult. yeah and I think the main difference is when you watch other documentaries about cults it's very like contained like kind of how they were talking about it a little bit in the first episode but usually they live on a commune everyone is in kind of one central location and it's just there IBLP was like spread on a national yeah It was widespread in churches across the United States. Like, it was everywhere. And it was being broadcasted on TLC. Like, a national television
1: network was- Yeah, that's the thing that, while I was watching it, seemed so messed up to me, is how, like, TLC was- how did they allow religious. it to happen? How did they allow it to happen? I yeah. do
0: not understand.
1: And like the stuff with the contracts, that yeah. really
0: it got was, me. It was horrifying. It really was. Especially as someone who had grown up watching 19 Kids and Counting. My family very much watched it through the lens of like, they were just extreme Christian fundamentalists. We had no idea what IVLP was until like recently when the when different kids in that family started talking about it but we had no idea they were a part of something different other than christianity like we just thought like oh look at this happy christian family who like has a lot of kids like wow that's so cool and crazy yeah like very much what the documentary is called shiny happy people like we just thought it was a happy christian family like that's all that they were being marketed as
1: yeah. it's-, but it's, it's something like far more terrible
0: it was disgusting it was absolutely disgusting to watch and my heart just broke for jill and the other members who had kind of come out of it who were
1: also a part of the documentary and it was just very well, i was so sad for the family members who are like still in it and still believe yeah. it and like the lies that they must be getting fed about the family members that have left and stuff like that absolutely i definitely think it was it's a
0: must-watch documentary if you're interested in learning more about it it's also just so well
1: done i thought so too they they pulled um, like some of the best people to talk about it um really well researched very it's just very like this is what it is and this is what my life looked like it's not pandering Cause even when they pull in Paul and Morgan, and for anyone who's not familiar, Paul and Morgan are too moderately popular. I can't really speak to their popularity because I don't consume like Christian YouTube content. Uh <laughs> Christian YouTubers and they are very, very divisive because they're very um loud in their in their faith and some of the messed up cough cough bigoted. <laughs> views that they hold because of that um and so it was interesting when I saw them like get brought in to be interviewed and I, I was like that I feel like is a sign of like these documentarians like really knew what they were doing yeah they like brought them in they said their piece and they were gone I
0: completely agree yeah I mean they they brought in a lot of
1: necessary perspectives
0: um it was really informative and it it just broke me it broke my heart it really did like I just could not believe what those poor children had to go through yeah like just terrible just absolutely terrible well let's move on to some more happy news shall we yes um Beanie Feldstein got married to her long-term partner Bonnie Chance Roberts um, this was my royal wedding, and I'm so <laughs> serious about that. Like I love them so much, and she their wedding was
1: stunning.
0: Was, their wedding was beautiful, like absolutely beautiful. Just so ethereal, so whimsical. Wasn't it like summer camp
1: themed? Yeah. To the, wait. So this is an article from Vogue. Beanie Feldstein and Bonnie Chance Roberts wore Gucci to their summer camp themed wedding. That's, that's adorable.
0: Yeah, I saw that it was like on a dock, like they were like on a lake or Mm -hmm. something like that. So that is so cute. Um, But it also just made my heart sore seeing so many of her friends there like Sarah Paulson, Caitlin Dever and Ben Platt were like all in the wedding party. And it was just so beautiful. I'm so happy for them. I wish them nothing but love and happiness forever. They also are- a little and Bonnie like come on Beanie and Bonnie I know so cute <laughs> that's so cute oh fucking cute oh god I just love them so much they're they're everything to me
1: yeah I want to talk about cocaine Bear. <laughs> so I was over at a friend's house the other day and we were we wanted to watch a movie but like we weren't 100% sure what we were gonna watch and um we were just kind of scrolling through and I don't know, because I was with like three people and we one of someone made a joke and or not like a joke, but a comment that because they saw like cocaine bear up on the screen and they were like, What if we watch cocaine bear? And we were like, ha, ha 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 ha. So like, what if we watched cocaine bear? Because <laughs> none of us had seen it. Yeah. And never once was I able to predict what what was gonna be happening next in this movie it is all over the place it is insane jesse tyler ferguson is in it and it doesn't even look like him and it's hysterical um it's way gorier than i was expecting it to be like it's definitely like body horror but it's also hysterical it is one of the funniest movies i have seen in a long time love and i i never once knew what was happening i laughed i screamed um, and reading the letterbox reviews of it afterwards was, I think, my favorite part of the entire experience. Yeah. Um, but okay. my friend didn't real. one of my friends that I was with didn't realize that it was based on a true story. I mean, it's very loosely based on true story. Like the only part of this movie that is based in reality is the fact that there was a bear who was high off of cocaine. Everything else, I don't, I don't think there is sure. any part of it that is grounded in reality. But my friend did not realize that that part was also truly. Grounded in reality, uh, and Cocaine Bear was a woman, and oh. I, cokey the Bear was a woman. Wow, and I think there's something so beautiful about that. <laughs> so true. And Love. if you have not seen Cocaine Bear, and if you are okay with like body horror, because I usually have a problem with it, I was kind of I was kind of able to get through it. Okay, but and- uh, I recommend it because your life will be changed. I don't know if it'll be changed for the better. Um, But you will not be the same person at the end of that movie that you were at the start. Elizabeth Banks, I want to shake your hand and also, like, are you okay? Like, why this? Yeah. Why was this what you chose? Just a question. How did you wake up one morning and you were like, this is what I want to make? This is the story that needs to be told. (laughs) I don't know, but it was wonderful. And, like, now I understand all the hype that it was. Because it came out, like, last summer, I think. Okay. I think I, that could be so wrong. But like now I understand all the hype that it got. Incredible. Incredible. What's more to say than that? You yeah, know? No, it was last summer because I feel like, like the two movies everyone was talking about were, were Cocaine Bear and Top Gun Maverick, which also yeah. about shiny happy people. And you're like, Morgan, how in the world are you going to connect those two things? I'll tell you how I'm going to connect those two things. So I finished shiny happy people and I didn't realize it was only four episodes. So I was like sitting there waiting for a fifth episode to start. And then I was like, oh, like, oh, this must be the end. And then, you know how like it recommends like another, another movie for you. It recommended Top Gun Maverick. And I assumed that that was just like my algorithm.
0: No, it's definitely because Tom Cruise is a Scientologist, and they were talking about that in the documentary. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah, because then I had another friend be like, "You know what's so funny? Top Gun Maverick was recommended to me after watching Shiny Happy People." That's absolutely why. Yeah, that's one hundred percent why they were like, "Where? What's
0: the closest we can get?" Yeah, Tom Cruise is always at the scene of the crime. But Uh. who knows?
1: Maybe the Scientologists are running Hollywood.
0: Absolutely. That's a known fact.
1: <laughs> yeah, I said that like that's not it's a known fact. That's a known fact. I don't know why I said that like that. That like that was surprising. As much as we hate to admit it, it's true. Yeah, I think I think it's denial. Yeah. <laughs> I off the top of my head, famous Scientologist in the like movie world that I can name. Tom Cruise, obviously. Yeah. John Travolta, obviously. Elizabeth Moss is a yes. Scientologist. And that's honestly kind of where my list stops. Um, like, I know there's more. I know I, there's more. I just can't name them off the top of my head. Nicole Kidman was. Yes.
0: Because she was very same groups. Yeah. Oh, no. What was her name that, like, um, spoke about it? Like, her whole family is, is still. Leah, Leah. Oh,
1: Leah Remini. Is it is Leah Remini? Yeah. On this? Yeah, it's Leah Remini. Okay, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. There's three seasons of that docu-series
0: yeah that seems a little bit excessive to me but you know you do
1: you queen speak your truth and have you heard the I don't know I guess like conspiracy I don't know if that's the right way to put it that you've heard about the Tom Cruise coconut cake that he sends out at Christmas I don't think I have okay so there's this bakery in Los Angeles or like somewhere in that area um, and they make this coconut cake and it's extremely expensive. And I don't understand why it is so expensive, but apparently it's just like one of the best cakes you will ever eat in your entire life. Okay. And Tom Cruise, every holiday season sends it out to this huge list of people. And it's people that he's worked with. It's other celebrities that he knows. And there's kind of this idea that if you have been sent a cake, he's trying to recruit you for Scientology. Okay. Because, when the Oscars came around yeah he was there so he got interviewed in one of on the carpet and one of the interviewers was like did you get a Tom Cruise coconut cake and he was like I got two coconut cakes interesting and so everyone was like so he's being actively recruited for Scientology got it yeah if sure. I learned that he has become a Scientologist you're gonna have you're gonna have no choice but to unstand, babe like I will, yeah, I will have no choice but to understand, and my life in world will crumble and fall apart. Yeah,
0: you're just gonna. It's <laughs> exactly. You're just gonna have to accept it. It's okay. All right. Um, well, I guess we need to
1: give our we go, we weekly to a Airstor Airstor updates. Yeah, weekly air tour updates. So, so for all three New Jersey shows, Taylor brought Ice Spice out because the Karma remix had been released, and yeah. on the first night she premiered the music video for the first time i haven't watched the music video yeah i I don't really care that
0: much i'm not really like a huge fan of caring about music videos i'm gonna be real like yeah yeah, it's exciting and whatever but i don't like rush to view them like i usually (laughs) will just view them like months later when they like come up on my explore page or something exactly Um, But I did think it was interesting that everybody who was live streaming the show, as soon as the music video started, like all the live streams went out. Like, oh, I didn't
1: know that.
0: Yeah. Like, that's interesting. The connection was just like cut off for everybody. So like everybody lost access to their live streams. That's really interesting. God works hard, but Taylor Nation works harder. That's all I'm going to (laughs) say, you know, you're in as for surprise songs, night one in New Jersey was a "Getaway Car" with Jack Antonoff and Maroon, which I think we might have talked about. And then "Holy Ground" and "False God" was night two. And <laughs> so sorry. That is.
1: That is where my soul died.
0: Yeah, I
1: woke okay, up that morning. and Oh no. Yeah, that was terrible. Those were literally the songs. Well, after she had performed "Treacherous." And, and sad beautiful tragic I was like okay I'm holding out for holy ground and then she went and did this and then I love false god yeah
0: I'm Here so it. sorry I'm really sorry and then night three was welcome to New York and clean which was the first song that she repeated very interesting
1: and then so Chicago night one got I wish you would and the lakes which like rip the lakes, the lakes was tough that was a tough loss that was a tough loss Also, she would. I like. I like 1989. I love that song. And then last night, um, night two, was "You All Over Me" and "I Don't Want to Live Forever." I'm fine. That's that was the first show that I woke up and was like, "Oh, like I'm
0: good." But it was very interesting to see her sing a song that's like not from an album. Like Mm -hmm. I don't want to live forever was like a completely. Does this mean now that crazier is on the table? Like yeah crazier I'm also interested of why she didn't do safe and sound when Jennifer Lawrence was at the show a couple weeks ago
1: that's yeah
0: like what were you waiting on babe I guess the
1: idea of trying to get this broken up band of the civil wars which oh my god if I could be given unfiltered access to the details of any, any celebrity drama any of it I want to know what went down with the Civil Wars. Interesting choice. I need to know what went down with them. Interesting choice. Personally,
0: for me, I need to be in the room where the Phoebe Bridgers, Paul Mescal, Daisy Edgar-Jones, whatever the hell happened there, I need to know. Okay,
1: yeah, that's another good one, but (laughs) you go to that one, report back to me. (laughs) Okay, there you go. And we'll switch off info. Exactly. Exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Well, we have a very exciting topic today. This is something that I think the both of us have been like hinting and wanting to talk about for a really long time. And today it just finally happened. So we're going to be talking about Gilmore Girls today. Because Which,
1: why the thank heck? God. Yeah. Why the hell? Why, heck why the hell not? Exactly. Exactly. Because this show is so important to the both of us. So deeply personal and important. So important. How did you like first start watching it and like first find out about it? Um, I think I just
0: stumbled upon it on Netflix. Okay. I, I had watched Parenthood, which was on Netflix before, and that is a show that Lauren Graham was in. And so I think it came up on my recommended because Lauren Graham was in Parenthood. And I was gotcha. like, oh, I was like, oh, that's the girl from Parenthood. Um, like, let's just check it out. And then it took
1: over my life. <laughs> I had a babysitter when I was eight or nine. yeah. And she loved this show. She had the box sets. And so we would watch it together. So like I didn't, I don't have like a super um, like strong memory of watching it with her. Like I know that we did. And I know that like I knew that the show existed and I knew the basic like plot line because of her but I didn't start watching it like on my with my adult adult cognizant brain yeah till like Christmas time of like a couple years ago and my dad was sick because my mom and I like would spend all day at the hospital and wanted something just like light and easy and fun to watch when we came home and Gilmore Girls just kind of seemed like I've been like, oh, well, I remember watching it with so and so, and I really liked it. And it's, you know, it's a really good kind of like family show. And so we started watching it. And it again, just like quickly, I mean, we would sit and we would watch it for hours.
0: Yeah. We it got was, through it
1: so fast. Absolutely.
0: I think it was definitely like probably my freshman or sophomore year of high school. And then it has just been a constant in my of life. But there is just something about this show. That makes it so special and like unique in its own way. Because during the time period when Gilmore Girls premiered, there was nothing like it. Like nothing truly fit like the genre of what Gilmore Girls was. There were there were sitcoms, like there were 90 sitcoms like Seinfeld and Friends, and there were more like family central small town shows like Friday Night Lights and Wintery Hill. But even those shows had like serious thematic topics near the end where it was like definitely more dramatized and was like okay like this isn't just about the small town anymore but Gilmore Girls always had the essence of like that's all the show is yeah Like it's just going to be real life stuff that actually happens and there's not going to be like
1: anyone randomly dying or like getting hit by car or they don't like put okay I say push an agenda but I don't but like like One Tree Hill and Dawson's Creek and like all of those kind of similar shows, they always had like the anti-drug episode,
0: Absolutely.
1: the teen pregnancy episode, yeah. the Someone Breaks the Law episode. Like they always kind of had those yep. like PSA type episodes. And I, Gilmore Girls doesn't ever do that.
0: No, no, definitely not. I think that's what made it so unique. Also, specifically the Paladinos it has spanned through every show that they write for they write really fleshed out characters like no matter if you love them or hate them they're going to be completely fleshed out from top to bottom you're going to get to know the ins and outs of every single character's personality and i thought that was also unique for the time and even still now i think it's really unique
1: death oh yeah I, I don't i think there are very few I don't want to say none but there are very very few shows that take so much care into like fully planning out characters yeah like they have in Gilmore Girls I mean just like the Paladinos do in general
0: I think also something interesting to talk about was why it has withstood the test of time for so long because this was a show that did premiere in like early 2000s late 90s so like what's your take on that
1: yeah I think it's it sits outside like we were saying that like stereotypical like 90s sitcom genre but then also kind of the like drama soap opera type for sure it definitely wasn't like a soap opera but I mean leans that way sometimes I think yeah um one of the things that I think really separates it from other shows is it's a very timeless show. it It covers v- things that everyone is going to encounter for the rest of time, familiar relationships, friend drama, romance. it's there's nothing it's very, like evergreen. You know, there's Absolutely. nothing very time constricted except for like right at the very, very end when Rory's going to be covering the Obama campaign like yeah we'll get small pop culture references here and there but even but even then they're just it's mostly references to musicians and like celebrity gossip and stuff like that but it's not like it's not like they talk about 9-11 is the only thing that comes to mind because that (laughs) no I know what you mean the big the big life-changing event of the early 2000s but um you know they don't like yeah, I, or like any of the kind of like timely references they make are old. Like the, yeah. I, I know they talk about Princess Diana. I mean, they name a doll Paul Anka. Like, you know. But it's not like it doesn't feel dated in that way. Like they No, because they, they reference it like me and you would be referencing something yes. like that. Yes. They, they don't... just it's so seamless. Yes. They don't
0: reference something that like only could fit and be referenced in that specific time period that they're in right now. So it definitely makes it it universal in that specific way. I also think it has something to do with like the seclusion of Stars Hollow and the specific world that Rory and Lorelai are living in. And I think that's what made the first couple seasons in particular so special because like rory was living there full-time and that's like mm-hmm. where the majority of the storylines were taking place you definitely saw a shift happen when
1: she went to yale oh like 100 yeah 100
0: it was very apparent when the character started moving in a different direction and when storylines started to differ a little bit in that
1: way um definitely when rory goes to college that is a huge shift because i think it also shows like a huge um it's representative of Rory's like shift in her worldview too, because even like when she was going to Chilton, it was just still very like in a bubble because a school like that just like entirely exists in a bubble versus like going to college obviously opens you up to just like a world of totally experiences and new information and new people and all sorts of new things.
0: Totally. It was always it was also some of the first moments that we saw Rory really struggle on her own and how, yes. and how she dealt with conflict while in a setting where her mom couldn't run to help her at the drop of a hat. And that was also a big shift in Rory's character. Definitely. We should talk about some of our favorite characters.
1: I think we should as well. You go first. Okay, My favorites are Michelle Paris. And Richard. Interesting choices. Richard just, well, Michelle's just an icon. Yeah. He's hysterical from the moment you meet him. Absolutely. And I think he has some really interesting, because he's a side character. So you think less about their character development, but he's entirely different from season one to the last season. And I just, I love that. He's just, he's just so sassy and goofy and dry. And I love characters like that. Obviously Paris, because Paris is an icon. icon. Yep. I think her and Rory's friendship is just so well done. And just I I think it feels very real. Yeah. Um, and then I love Richard. There's just something about him. He's like so <laughs> out of touch and so <laughs> goofy. Yes. That I just can't help but love him. And a real a fun fact, my mom used to work with the actor who played richard's sister-in-law and they oh, had wow. a signed photo from him hanging up in the break room I <laughs> which was so cute but which i didn't know that until and like i used to go visit my mom at when she worked here all the time like spent many an hour in that break room yeah. and i didn't know that she like knew that actor's sister like you know there was a connection there until we started watching the show and she was like oh i knew someone who was married to his brother i was like iconic well, I have to say, my
0: favorites are Lorelai, Jess, and, of course, Paris herself. No one will top Paris. Like, she's probably the best character of the whole show. Um, But there's just something about Lorelai. Even with all of her flaws, I acknowledge her flaws. Let me be the first to say, she's got some flaws. So does Jess. But I love a flawed protagonist. I just do.
1: You love a broody white man. Yeah, You love a mysterious, broody, traumatized white man.
0: And what about it? (laughs) It's true. What can I say? I think, yeah, Jess was Jess
1: walked so Conrad could run. Like,
0: true. Jess and Nathan Scott and One Tree Hill were 100% the introductions to that for me. (laughs) And I'll stand by it. They're some of my favorite fictional characters ever. And they always
1: I love it. I respect it.
0: I do have an interesting thing to bring up that I wrote down where I feel like as a Gilmore Girls watcher, you are either like a Lorelai person or a Rory person. Mm -hmm. Like both of them have their flaws and own ways. And I feel like people watch it through the lens of standing up for one of them more than the other. And I definitely am a Lorelai girl till I die.
1: Yeah, I'm a Lorelai girl. I think she just to me like when I get secondhand embarrassment from characters like it's just it's just the worst and just Rory has too many of those moments where I'm like oh you idiot why would you do why would you and of course Lorelai has those moments too but it's almost a little less awful because Lorelai is an adult and Lorelai has lived experience and she is also cognizant of like why she like what she is doing is bad like she's very self-aware where I think rory lacks an insane amount of self-awareness
0: i would agree with that i think lorelei near the end lacked a lot of self-awareness where that's when i started to notice like the writing shift like the last (laughs) season where lorelei was making a lot of really out of character decisions i felt like and i was not understanding her whatsoever
1: a Uh, lot of the statements i'm making stand separate from the final season of the show
0: (laughs) A hundred percent. I also think it's interesting because as I've grown older, I think some of my riff with Rory is that I see so much of myself in her that it's so, so hard same to watch. Here. it's you're so same hard to watch here because I am so hurt it hurts me. Like I am like so it feels like looking in a mirror sometimes when I'm I don't like her. getting
1: called out. <laughs>
0: exactly. Exactly. I feel so targeted. So, I feel like that's where some of my riff comes with Rory,
1: yeah. I don't just oh, like the secondhand embarrassment from her decisions. Yeah. no,
0: one hundred percent a hundred percent
1: just like it's a lot. It's some of the choices they made for Rory, which I think we'll talk about as we as we move on in this discussion because we have a whole section set aside for like gripes we have with the <laughs> show. but just some of the decisions they make for her are baffling.
0: (laughs) Definitely, definitely. Before we get into our certain gripes with the show, I think we should talk about some of our favorite episodes, some of our favorite storylines and moments. So I think you went first.
1: My, one of my favorite episodes of the show, because I have I mean a couple of favorites but the one that like stands out when I think about it is when they flash back to the day that Rory is born and like yeah. Lorelai's life at that time. Yeah. I think that gives such an interesting insight into who Richard and Emily are and where yes. Lorelai came from and why she is so against that lifestyle that right. kind of despite her her best efforts like Rory has grown up in this lifestyle. Yeah like Rory has and I uh, we'll talk about I'll I'll, I'll save that for <laughs> our gripes for the show but I think we just get some really interesting um like background into all of those characters all of those kind of like core four characters of the show
0: I completely agree I think that episode in particular was where you really started to see both sides of the story almost mm-hmm,
1: because- exactly
0: for so long, we had only been getting Lorelai's point of view on her upbringing, how she was raised, her opinions on that lifestyle, on her opinions on her parents, and when you see that episode, you're you start to understand Richard and Emily a little bit more.
1: Mm-hmm, definitely, absolutely. I I really feel like I had bigger issues because I I mean I've always liked Richard and Emily just because they're so like out of it and just ridiculous, yeah. like they're caricatures of people who are actually like that and people who live that way but um definitely didn't like them as much as I do now now that I have finished the show and I think my like softening to them started with that episode a hundred percent
0: I would have to say that some of my favorite episodes come where it's based solely around like the magic that Stars Hollow was. Mm-hmm. Like, one of my favorite episodes was the basket episode in season two, where they do like the whole basket selling specifically because it's a great episode for Jess and I freaking love it. I was that gonna
1: show. say, I see so two much. very Jess heavy shows oh, yeah. in our outline here.
0: <laughs> I wonder why. I wonder why. Crazy. The other one is the danceathon episode. I love that episode. Specifically- I love
1: the Bracebridge dinner. Yes. When they do the medieval dinner at the inn. Oh, yes. that episode is
0: so good. Amazing. The other one was like the live action art display show that they did and then like the episode ends with Suki going into labor. Yes. I loved that episode. I thought it was so cool and it was like unlike anything that I had ever seen seen before. So
1: Loved that! Episode. I love the shows where we ju- or the episodes of the show where we just see like the unique community that it's that is built in Stars Hollow. Yeah, and also <laughs> how like Rory centric Stars Hollow is. Recently re-watched the final two episodes of Gilmore Girls where Rory is going is graduating from college because yep. I decided to watch them after I graduated from college and cry. <laughs> And the fact that for one girl who hasn't lived in that town for four whole years, they decide, everyone decides to pitch together to not, not only throw her a going away party, but to sew together everyone's tarps and tents and whatever to facilitate this going away party for her imagine being another student in stars like another kid in stars hollow like, what i'm saying like they have to hate her i'm so glad
0: you brought that up because <laughs> i there is a whole high school of students there is a stars hollow high school like rory is not the only child in that town but what, they act like it what is everybody's fascination with her what is the fascination like lane has grown up there her whole life like Dean's there I know he like just moved there recently but like there's other kids there yeah, like his, his wife yeah like I don't understand now other children exist right like you wonder why Rory has so much of an ego when she goes to college like this is literally why like yeah. I, as much as I love the townspeople in Stars Hollow and I think it's so magical like you guys are responsible for her ego and this I just like we're doing. doing this I is our fault. fault like I just want you to know that that is a thousand percent where Rory's issues come from is because she grew up in this town where she was the golden child the golden child she was praised for absolutely everything that she did her mom was constantly telling her how smart and amazing she was and how she could get into any college she wanted Luke was like bowing down at her feet like being the father that she never had and like being there for everything every big moment of her life like all of these people banded together to raise her but they raised her in a way where like they they basically told her that like she could do anything that she wanted and she could accomplish anything that she wanted
1: and I think it's so interesting and I and I just thought about this we see attempts from Lorelai to be like hey kid you can't act like this like you can't do these things like you know, there's other people in this world besides you. Like the thing that comes to mind is when she accidentally falls asleep at Miss Patty's with Dean and Lorelai just like goes off on her and Rory's like, why am I being punished for this? Like we see these attempts from Lorelai, but it's like everyone else's attitude towards Rory like negates any any ounce of discipline Lorelai tries to instill in Rory which I think partly comes from their relationship because they have a very complex yes mother-daughter relationship that doesn't quite feel like a mother-daughter relationship absolutely I think
0: a lot of it also stemmed from Lorelai only chose to parent Rory when she was triggered about certain decisions that Rory was making based on how Lorelai acted when she was that age yes so like her that outburst when she like slept at Miss Patty's with Dean literally came from how her parents treated her whenever she was outlay with Christopher like it is a direct correlation uh, so generational like, trauma yeah girl but like <laughs> let's go to therapy maybe like let's not take it out on our 16 year old daughter like I don't know They have a very complex and interesting relationship and I think that was the biggest part of the show at the core like it was about the Gilmore girls whether Mm -hmm. we're talking about Emily and Lorelai's relationship or we're talking about Rory and Lorelai's relationship like it was a constant never-ending cycle of mother-daughter familial
1: trauma at the end of the day I think we also get a really interesting granddaughter yes a grandmother relationship too because Rory's life is so ingrained in Emily's and Emily at times it feels like she's trying to kind of make Rory the daughter that she never really got to have right which is a really interesting um dynamic to explore
0: it is interesting especially because you see the contrast in one specific episode of Chris how Christopher's parents treat Rory and then how obviously Emily and Richard treat Rory where Christopher's parents wanted nothing to do with her they saw her as the person that took away their their child's future pretty much and that is a complete contrast from how Emily and Rory how Emily and Richard view Rory like they view her as like this golden child who has this bright beautiful future ahead of her and like is going to finally you know live
1: up to the Gilmore name so it's just it's very interesting to see I wonder like you know as if imagining this as as real people like what it what it was like for Lorelai to watch them love and adore Rory so she's like where was that for me absolutely this kid is so similar to me and like y'all don't see it
0: yeah Yeah. I think, I think that was kind of where a a lot of Lorelai's problems came with even going to them for money in the first place to Mm actually ask for money for Chilton was because she knew they were going to do it. But why? Like they wouldn't give that same treatment to her when she was that age.
1: But yeah, very interesting. Very interesting. Just really interesting dynamics in that show. And back to like how Rory just does not understand that she is just as privileged as Lorelai was obviously when Lorelai was a single mother-, mother living in the back of the inn like sure. okay yeah they different. but once her grandparents are back in her life like I just she re- she refuses to acknowledge that she's just as bad as the Chilton kids absolutely and it's like you are one of them you by going to that school like as yeah you don't have all of the same privileges that they do obviously like some of them live i mean lots of them live a very different life than you do and i think the plot line with tristan Tristan, thank you when they kind of flip it and show like tristan's got it bad too kid like yeah that was definitely
0: one of the first introductions and you kind of get that character by character when you like see that none of paris's family cares about her and like Mm -hmm. she's kind of all on her own and figuring it out on her own even if she's like going to the same prestigious school that you are one of the only moments that i think rory is really faced with the fact that she is like just as privileged as the rest of them is when logan tells her there's a whole episode where logan like literally is like face the facts girly like You are just like us. You have rich grandparents paying for your school. You're staying in my house, not paying rent. You're going here and are going to leave here with no student debt.
1: Like, stop acting like you're different. Which is why I am a Logan supremacist. (laughs) A Logan supremacist. I am a Logan supremacist. He is the best boyfriend. I'm sorry. However, we do have to talk about one of the most iconic lines to come out of this show which is another moment where I think Rory is confronted with her lifestyle and her privilege which is when she sees Jess in the bar at Yale and we get the this isn't you living at your grandparents house being in the dar dropping out of Yale why did you drop out of Yale like that it's is the true.
0: best scene in the whole show like yeah, argue with the wall if you disagree argue with the wall that's- this is why, let's get into the whole boyfriend conversation for just okay. a second. I will agree with you that Logan was her best boyfriend. I do not think that Jess was the best, her best boyfriend at all. He was actually a really bad boyfriend, and I will stand by that. The reason I am team Jess is because I do not think any one of her guys that she was with understood her the way that Jess did. Jess Jess could look at her for one second and completely understand her emotions what she was feeling what she was going through and how to help in the best way they understood each other more than anyone else that she was ever with her and Logan as good as they were together simply had a disconnect in the point of their relationship that they were in where they were like two ships passing in the night and they were never going to truly be in line with one another and I think the scene where like Jess has not seen Rory in years and he sees her for like five minutes, knows that she dropped out of Yale and like snaps her back into reality and as soon as the conversation is over she enrolls back in college
1: yeah she's like (laughs) fuck this shit
0: like what? like no one else understood her the way that Jess did and that's just facts, that's just true that's just that's just true that's just
1: how the show works
0: exactly exactly and I yeah I know you didn't watch the reunion but you know I think it's very much a circle of life full circle moment where he definitely became his uncle sometimes
1: I want to watch a year in the life and well, then sometimes
0: I'm just like don't don't just don't leave, <laughs> save leave. myself the trouble save yourself the trouble leave the magic where it is like just at this point there's no reason to you yeah know?
1: It's been so long. All right. I think now it's time for us to talk as, about our gripes with the show. Because ma- I have quite a few. Oh, uh,
0: yeah. Me as well. <laughs> as magical as the show is to the both of us, and as special as it is, there are some major things wrong with it. Just like our gripes with Maisel, we also have gripes with Gilmore Girls. It just is how it
1: is. Yes. So start us off, Queen. Okay. My biggest, my big, I mean, obviously, you have this too. Rory going to college, awful. Terrible. Terrible. Aside from that, Rory fully sleeping with Dean when he is married, and then the audacity to be like, he's my Dean. Shut hey, the boy. fuck up. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Get out of here with that. Like, that's just one of those moments with her where I just got such, like, awful second. I was just like, oh, what are you doing you idiot like yeah and it's another one of those movies where she's like i don't understand why how like what i did was wrong terrible that was and then and then later on she has the audacity to get so mad at logan when she thinks he cheated on her
0: Mm -hmm. babes you
1: are no better babes you're almost worse you broke up a marriage
0: you broke up a marriage and let's let's not get it twisted. There's two sides to ever like this was also Dean's decision, like he was the one, oh, yes. in the married relationship, but like Rory girl,
1: right if you are so smart, if you have if you, if you are so smart, <laughs> like what are you doing? that was that was.
0: That was her character downfall. That was when you start to see Rory really lose it.
1: Oh, 100%. And then when Rory and Lorelai are fighting and they're not that talking around. That was the worst part of the show. The day, and she moves in at her grandparent. The The worst part of the show. That was the worst part of the show. Is that when the writer strike happened? Like, <laughs>
0: Honestly, that was just every single part of that. It felt like I wasn't even watching the same show anymore. No, like, because it's, it's so out of character for both of them. Yes. What really frustrated me was just how it all happened. Because you see Lorelai going to her parents and literally pleading for help. Like, pleading them. Being like, we have to stand together on this. I know we always haven't seen eye to eye. But, like, I really need you guys to back me up. And they're like, yes, 100% and then they just stab her in the back again and you're like damn like we all really thought this was going to be the moment where like Lorelai and her parents finally have this like united front nope 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 completely lost it that was awful it. it was brutal it was a brutal brutal period to watch the show especially because like so many big life events happened for the both of them when they like were d- during that period of not speaking. Like Lorelai got engaged to to Luke, and then Rory turned twenty one, and like that
1: was always like a a moment. The let- whole scene where she's talking with Logan and she's like, we, "I was gonna I was gonna play twenty one when I turned twenty one and kiss twenty one guys and like do like and buy twenty one things like, ha- like not getting to have that." it was heartbreaking to watch it was heartbreaking I just watched that clip on TikTok and (laughs) it made me laugh because I love how Logan's like yeah I'm I'm welcome like we can do that together not the 21 guys though (laughs) right
0: right one of the other terrible 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 storylines um was Lorelai marrying Christopher because what was that
1: what was the whole what was Christopher that? redemption arc? Wasn't no. the Paladinos in trying to give the deadbeat baby daddy husbands, whoever's, a redemption arc? Because, out of okay, I'm sorry. I'm going to say it, out of both of those characters, Christopher deserved it the least. Absolutely. Absolutely. Christopher deserved it the least because he was such a piece of shit. Every
0: single time Christopher came back into the story... I would get so so mad. He just disappointed the audience every single time. He made it worse. Like, never did he come back into the story and leave where something good happened. No. Like, every single time he leaves, just he leaves everything in shambles. So I truly could not wrap my head around the fact where that like almost proved to be Lorelai's end game until like the last two episodes like they I really remember. had the audience thinking that this show was going to end and Lorelai and Christopher were going to be together like that, that was traumatizing to
1: traumatizing.
0: watch it was terrible it was absolutely terrible which also links into one of the most frustrating and agonizing storylines to ever exist them giving Luke a daughter a random, like, 12-year-old daughter. April what? makes the show worse. She does. And I'm sorry, but I'll say it again. Like, what was the point of her? What was the point? What was your point, babe?
1: Like, does nothing. Nothing. Bring,
0: bringing in a child into the story. First of all, let's let's talk about it as part of Luke's character. In no world would Luke not know about a child that he had right no Way, literally no way that is was so out of character in itself for Luke to go that long without knowing that he had a child walking on this earth second of all for us to almost make us not like dislike Luke for choosing his daughter over Lorelai was so agonizing because if you had even paid attention to luke at all of course he's going to choose his kid yeah. of course he is. That's who
1: he is
0: right so that was just another frustrating fact like why were they trying to make us choose like team luke team lorelei because honestly so I just, honestly i just like you both in this moment like please <laughs>
1: communicate you're grown-ups you're grown-ups that is one thing on this sh- and I but again I think it's I think it's intentional. Yeah because it, it shows how lorelei was kind of stunted just by everything that's happened Ooh. in her life, like the inability to communicate, but it's like please, <laughs> oh my god. Like we wonder where Rory gets it from. True.
0: No, oh, really. That was it was some of the most agonizing television to watch luke and lorelei not being together and them both wanting to be together so desperately yeah. but just not having a simple conversation like if y'all had just talked for five minutes
1: this kind of i all- think everything would be fine
0: it could have all been solved i don't understand i literally don't understand it was so agonizing to watch and this all of these storylines mind you happened in like the last season or two like yeah six, like it's like season six and seven,
1: six and seven.
0: Terrible. It was
1: terrible. It we was like tail so of five. Yeah. Honestly, so- I when I rewatch, I stop watching when Rory steals the boat. So do I, because I'm like, that's when I-, I know. That's when I know it is time. Exactly.
0: The only saving graces of those were the moments where we saw Liz and TJ because they oh. were so goddamn funny.
1: <laughs> Liz and TJ are <laughs>
0: hysterical. <laughs> so funny and i feel like low-key the audience is kind of torn on them like i've seen a lot of people on the internet think they're annoying i hate I, yeah, I love I, them they're so funny and i love them so much
1: and listen it's, tj stands right here <laughs> absolutely
0: when he keeps walking into luke's diner and keeps saying i'm in Escrow. that is peak comedy
1: naming the daughter Dula. it's hysterical that's so funny. I thought they
0: went to like Renaissance fairs. Like, that is just, the they are some of the best
1: characters. <laughs> best characters. Well, if you take anything from today's episode, it's that we are stands of Liz and TJ. Absolutely.
0: I will forever defend them with my life. They are everything to me. Best characters in Gilmore Girls. <laughs> I feel like the side characters in the shows are like... They make the the show. Absolutely. Because also Jackson, Suki's husband is... Amazing. Amazing. Him and Suki's dialogue and like specifically the first season or two is like literally so iconic. Like just their banter before they realize that they're like in love with each other. It's everything. Everything. Yeah. It's everything. I mean obviously Kirk. Who can forget about that? Like...
1: Kirk is... Also, every I forgot about how in like quite literally the last couple episodes, Kirk is just like in that box above it's like this the town square. Yeah. <laughs> what does this add to the plot line? But I'm so glad it's happening.
0: Babette and Maury—they are what I aspire to be in life like I want to be them when
1: I grow I love, up my favorite part of Babette and Maury is just Maury's down for whatever Babette wants yeah. to do who says absolutely where can I find that give it to but me I now. will say I don't like the dynamic between Babette and Miss um Miss Patty they when they're together and they're like gossiping okay they bother interesting. me because they, they stir up so much yeah, but I
0: feel like that just added to, like, the small-town drama of it all. Oh, it, yeah, like, it did, but it's
1: just, yeah. I don't know, I guess it's, it's the second-hand embarrassment thing.
0: Yeah, I don't know, I kind of liked it, because it was like, oh, they've definitely been old friends for a while, like, this, oh, is, yeah. this is their dynamic. It adds so, to the lore. This is how news spreads around Stars Hollow, is you tell Babette or Patty something, and it's out in and two in seconds.
1: seconds. Yeah, yeah.
0: and then everybody's on One of the only townspeople that I disliked was Taylor. I hated that man. I would fight. I hated him. Yeah, he's the worst. (laughs) Terrible. He's so annoying. Why are you there? Luke's attitude towards him was 100% warranted. Yes. Yeah.
1: All the time. Yeah, no, he is awful, miserable, terrible.
0: I'm so sorry. We didn't even talk about Lane and how fucked up her storyline was. Lane deserved
1: better. Lane deserved deserved better. So much better absolutely bitch she dumbass low-life baby daddy
0: I can't believe they did her Dave so- Rogalski should have been her end game and you're right you're absolutely right I don't understand why they just didn't like peace and love they just should have written Lane off when Dave left like when Adam Brody had to leave to go do the OC just write Lane off just wow. say that she went to California with him like it would have been so much better she ran away to be with him like she just the way that they completely destroyed her like she became everything that she didn't want to be
1: and it broke my heart yeah it broke my heart all in all oh, when they bring carol king on for a couple episodes amazing. to be that star. was
0: iconic that was an iconic cameo
1: that's hysterical that's amazing that's everything to
0: me i did love that i did leave it to
1: the balladinos to be able to get some like amazing people for some cameos Absolutely. I don't know what kind of power they hold in Hollywood, but keep doing it. well I keep- mean, hey, they got Darren Chris on an episode of Maze.l. They got they got him out of Ryan Murphy's basement.
0: They absolutely did. <laughs> Amazing. Well, overall, I mean, this is like my favorite show of all time. I think it always will be. Um, and I will never give up an opportunity to discuss it in full. So, never. I'm so glad, I'm so
1: glad we got to do this today. Me too this was cathartic. This was healing. My soul needed this. Absolutely. I love this show. It's everything to me. Yes. And with that,
0: I think that's it. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure you rate and review us on whatever you're listening on. Follow us on Instagram. All of that is in the description of this episode and we hope you enjoyed. We'll talk to you next time.
1: Bye. Bye.